Hello, and welcome to Connected Voices with Ventiv. I'm your host, Jared Van Allen, and joining me today, I have a good friend of mine, Stephen Montgomery. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jared. How are you? You know, I am well. I am well. I was sitting uh, here thinking to myself, you and I first started working together when I was with Cisco there in Tennessee, working on some of the bigger public sector accounts in two thousand middle of 2010. Can you believe that? 2010. Thanks for making me feel old, Jared. Well, you know, I'm following right uh, ahead of you there, Stephen. You and I both know I'm a little bit older than you. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Glad to be here. Hey, Stephen, I wanted to talk about a call I received back in July of 2020. You remember that? I do. I do. One of uh, one of my account managers called me with a uh, with a unique customer problem. Uh, an Indian nation in Oklahoma was looking to provide free public Wi-Fi to the people, uh, and the problem was the places that they wanted to have Wi-Fi, there was absolutely no ISP service. There was no power to these areas. Uh, cellular service was sorta. Um, and they chose 35 specific areas that they wanted the, uh, the nation people to be able to uh, come come to, come close to, come near, and have Wi-Fi access. So this was a gift from the chief, was it not, to the nation? It was. It was. Now, if I remember correctly, when we started in on this, uh, there were some specific challenges. First of all, we didn't have any way to power them, right, initially. And secondly, you know, how do you provide a, a cellular or LTE backhaul and a Wi-Fi you know, client facing side and not take up a lot of power where, where you don't have power. Right. So that's exactly what, why I called you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So we had some challenges, right? We looked at a couple of different options for the hardware on that, that were available through Presidio, who you're working with. And of course you and I work together at Presidio as well. So, you know, there is that, um, but basically, Stephen, um, let me let me uh, let me just say that we needed to come up with a little bit different solution to provide for this implementation. Uh, you want to tell me just a little bit about what we ended up doing there? Sure. We found a we found a a partner uh, in that area that. Uh, their business was polls, so we went through a couple iterations of what you know, what poll, um, what are we going to put on it, what you know, what wind load, what you know, what you know, what weight, and that sort of thing. And what we came up with was a a 25 foot pole that was buried five feet in the ground with concrete, and uh, we came up with a with the Ventev. Uh, metal enclosure, uh, two marine batteries, lead acid, uh, solar panels to keep the batteries charged. We put a cellular antenna close to the top. We put a Wi-Fi antenna kind of in the middle 
we're you know close to where the people are going to be, and we used a cradle point uh, device that had both a cellular and a Wi-Fi side. This cradle point device was actually designed for automobiles, so 12 volt systems married right up with the marine batteries. And then to manage it, we used a, a Ventev product called BTRM, which I'm pretty sure we will talk about um, in a bit. Uh, that's a really neat, uh, really neat unit with some really, yeah. u- really neat and unique capabilities. Because these are out in the middle of nowhere, right? These aren't like, yeah. uh, for the most part, sitting right in the middle of town, correct? That's correct. They are typically in the parking lot of city parks, community centers, uh, community health centers, uh, community centers, um, or you know, just a just an open parking lot where you know people would naturally gather. Now, in this case, they really had very little access to the internet at all. And when we did this deployment, it seems to me that the timing on this was pretty interesting as it relates to COVID. Do you recall that as well? Oh, I do. Um, I kind of feel like we snuck up in uh, just just before the COVID uh, the COVID lockdown meltdown situations. Uh, you know, this really had nothing to do with that, but it was fortuitous the timing that we were able to get this and get it completed before everything got locked down, and it gave the it gave the people another, you know a good way to get, you know, to get internet access while they were, you know, while they were locked down. Absolutely. So not only did we provide an underserved population with access to the internet, which as we all uh, know is, is highly critical, not only for the educational purposes of those students, but for work, for access to general information, to health information for them to schedule, um, any contact they have with their health service, health services, and/or their government uh, interactions, both with the nation as well as outside the nation, so pretty critical, pretty critical, and out in areas that are remote. So you mentioned the BTRM. Now the BTRM is interesting from this perspective, Stephen, and I don't want to get too technical, but basically, when I've got lead acid batteries or other batteries sitting out in the middle of nowhere, those batteries have a life expectancy and when they start to fail i live in utah now right so and and it's been a little bit cold in there uh in the memphis area recently when you go out to start your car you may have the radio come on the dome light might come on but you don't have enough amperage to turn over the vehicle your battery's failing right now if that happens out in the middle of the field on a solar deployment where people are depending on it you got to know about that. Otherwise, you got to send people out to check it on a regular basis. The BTRM does an, an active load cycle through that battery system. It determines whether it's capable of, of actually holding the charge that it's supposed to hold, and it alarms if not. Now, in this case, it alarms, but Stephen, you only have a cellular connection back to the network. How do you handle that for management? How do you handle that for you know, kind of seeing who's using the system out there in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the nation there. So from a from the first part 
um, the BTRM was connected through the cradle point as a as a client. So it used the cellular connection so we could go to the control panel, you know, kind of unified graphical control panel and monitor both input and output and load on the batteries themselves. So how much, you know, how much juice are we getting from the uh, from the solar panels? How are the batteries holding up? Uh, we were also able to schedule uh, the replacement of the batteries in, you know, as part of the life cycle management. Uh, so we kind of know when, you know, we know when it needs to happen before it needs to happen, which, you know, which benefits, you know, benefits the nation. And from a, you know, from a, you know, who's using it and when, the cradle point management utility um, did it, you know, did and still does a fantastic job of that by log, you know, you can log into the cradle point utility and you can look at each at each site. Uh, from there, you can actually look at the BTRMs at each site, and it was it was a it was a very successful project. The nation seems to have liked it. The chief received a lot of accolades for his gift to the nation. Um, it seems to me that it was a pretty big success all the way around, and the Presidio team did an awesome job putting that in. Now, I will point this out as well, though, Stephen. This was decided to use a smaller solar implementation with a smaller load. Number one, keep it closer to the ground because you're in Oklahoma. And what happens in Oklahoma? They have a lot of wind, as it turns out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sometimes that wind goes in a circle (laughs) and they call it a tornado. So um, these needed to be... You know, reasonably close to the ground to reduce the wind load, et cetera, uh, and, may, and assure that they were secure, right? But it's not the only option. Had we had access to a larger implementation, had we had access to 110 power, we'd have actually been able to deploy, you know, other radio manufacturers as well. Mm-hmm. So, so larger uh, kind of choice to go to in terms of how do I backhaul data and how do I provision for the client side? And by the way, Stephen, you and I know we've had some great successes uh, with Presidio in applying that similar functionality to some other big community wireless projects, which we'll talk about in another episode. Stephen, I appreciate your time as always. In this case, is there anything else you think people would be interested in that we kind of addressed when we went to this? And I'd like to point out this deployment right here, sitting at a community center in a playground in the middle of a neighborhood. How nice is that to be able to walk down the street and have access to Internet for, for that for that population there? I think it would be great to be the uh, to be the people that live in that house just in the uh, bottom left corner there. Stephen, is there anything you'd like to add at this point? Jared, I appreciate your time. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you as always. And uh, uh, let's see if we can let's see if we can do about another fifteen or twenty-five years of uh, uh, both work and uh, personal relationship. I look forward to it, Stephen. And you know, the last thing I'll say is, um, as we do move forward, you and I do <laughs> actually do talk quite a bit, and usually it has something to do with you know whatever wireless active device you're installing and what you need to actually get that uh, put into play. But we can talk about that further in another episode. Stephen, thanks again for your time. Please take care of yourself. And as always, I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thanks for the opportunity, Jared. 